Welcome back to a special emergency release of the Restoring Darkness podcast. Um, today I'm joined by my co-host from Get a Grip on Lighting, Greg Eric, and we're with Lisa Bahash and Sean Savarino of Save Wasich Back Dark Skies. Dot org. Put a dot org on the end of that and you'll go to their website. Wasatch Back, that's the other side of the mountains from Salt Lake City. And it has right now beautiful night skies. And so we're going to discuss why and how we should be preserving that. But before I do, I'm going to tell you a little bit about each one of our guests today. Lisa Bahash is an experienced and successful business leader with over 30 years experience. While her business acumen has allowed her a successful career, uh, I just misread that, but more important to Lisa is her approach to leadership. People and relationships are to be cherished. Leadership is a privilege given to those who you lead. Those to, to, to those you lead. Interesting. Outside of her industry, Lisa was on the board of Friends for Animals of Metro Detroit for several years. She is very passionate about the humane care and treatment of animals and believes that com- the companionship offered is nature, nature's sacred gift to humans. Originally from Michigan, Lisa moved to Utah in 2021 as she values the great outdoors and abundant wildlife, and I probably should add to that, beautiful starry skies. Lisa holds a Mm -hmm. Master's of Engineering Management degree from Wayne State University and a Bachelor of Science degree in Mechanical Engineering from the University of Michigan. Sean Savarino, while currently retired from her professional career, she's starting a second one in uh, dark darkness restoration and preservation. <laughs> no, uh, she has immersed herself in volunteer opportunities and family. She balances her time between Utah and Texas. Her schedule is often decided by the football schedule of her alma mater, the University of Texas at Austin. After earning a master's in professional, uh, ma- her master in professional accounting degree, Sean began her career at KPMG as a CPA focused on corporate taxation. That role took her to Prague in the Czech Republic, where she undertook many fascinating opportunities, including assisting the Ministry of Finance, um, drafting in and improving its tax regulations. It doesn't sound that exciting to me. <laughs> just joking. I'm just joking. After spending a decade in the public arm of the profession, Sean took a position as the CFO for a children's clothing manufacturer, a role she held for close to 10 years before moving with her family to live in Singapore. Beyond her professional career, Sean has volunteered in various roles, including participating on several school boards, chairing multiple large annual fundraisers, and serving as a child advocate in the court system. Sean enjoys seeking new outdoor adventures, such as running the ocean-to-ocean race in Thailand, climbing Mount Kinabalu in Malaysia, and sleeping under the stars in Utah. Travel, tennis, and time with her family and friends are Sean's personal passions. Well... We're here for a reason today, and we thank you both for joining us. Um, I'm going to bring it first to Sean, who I met before all of this started, to tell us about Save Wasatch Back Dark Skies. What are you guys doing there? Actually, if you're you're okay with it, I'm going to pass that on to Lisa because she is kind of spearheaded this this process. Let's hear from Lisa. Uh Thanks, Michael, and thank you for the introduction. Thank you, Sean. Um, So we formed Save Wasatch Back Dark Skies roughly around February 1st of this year. And what was going on in Wasatch County, which is in Utah, is a very large development was being planned. And the applicant for that development put forth an amendment to our outdoor lighting regulations. That our regulations had been in place for over 20 years. 
but it included things like no uplighting, which you can guess the new developer wanted uplighting. Mm -hmm. So we uh, we formed uh, Save Wasatch Back Dark Skies in order to get involved into the process and help protect the dark skies of our community. We noticed that this was going to move very rapidly through the county uh, public process and uh, we needed to get educated about it, get some support from the community, uh, from our residents, and kind of get in the fight. And that's what we've been doing ever since. And this, um, you know, it's interesting. Um, my belief right now is that the county is going in completely the wrong direction. Um, at this, in 2023, we're talking about preserving night. We're talking about increasing, dark, you know, restoring darkness. And here we are in a beautiful, pristine place like this. And people are talking about uplight. What's the emotional response from, from the community? I'd say it's, it's very strong. And let me add to that. Not only is it going in the wrong direction, it's doing it very quickly. Mm. So if you wouldn't mind, I'll just give you a little bit of the timeline. Sure. Publicly, we found out about this story January 28th from a local uh, news outlet. And uh, so, as I said, we formed our coalition on February 1st. The very first public hearing was held March 30th. There was a public hearing with the Planning Commission for the county, and the county planning commission then recommended it move forward to the county council. That happened in another public hearing on April 5th, so one week later. Uh, so we were able to attend that and oppose and then they passed the recommended, from the staff, the recommended uh, amendment to the outdoor regulations, which was a combination of what the staff had changed and what the applicant had put in for. And they did that on April 19th. So from a public perspective, that process went essentially 20 days. Mm. And that was that was the extent of it. And one of the things that I think is really a failing in how municipalities are set up is public hearings are really just public comments. We had mm -hmm. three minutes in the first public hearing, two minutes each individual in the second meeting. But there's no hearing. There's no give and take. There's no answering of questions and issues. Um, so very quick. And then basically everybody just moved on like nothing had happened. Mm. So wrong direction, very quickly done, not enough true public engagement. Can so I ask? Answer... Uh, Go ahead, Greg. The, the, yeah, the beginning of it, January 28th. Why was it newsworthy? What was it about it that stood out? And, and how did you, how did they hear? Do you have any idea how they heard about it and why they reported on it? And what was the report? Yeah, I'm sure um, that they have gotten public records from the applicant's submission into the county is more than likely how they found about it. So this very large development, actually, the process started back in September. And um, they had submitted their amendment in November. The county hired a dark sky consultant in December, but unfortunately the public didn't hear anything really until the end of January. And to add to that, when the developers started in September, they um, had a meeting with the community where they reassured us that they were going to follow all of the 
deed restrictions, ordinances. Mm-hmm. So we we were not concerned. Mm-hmm. And when we were contacted in January that there was a proposal to amend the lighting ordinance, we were shocked. So we, you know, we had to move quickly. You know, what's interesting is that the, um, I believe in, in, in reviewing the information prior to the show, it appears that the, the, the Dark Sky consultant um, has also been comp- compensated by the developer as well. Um, is that correct? The developer paid the county and the county paid the consultant is the way we understand it. But yes, indirectly. So what you're seeing is a sophisticated plan for people to get what they want. And, that, and I mean, that, I mean, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm, it sounds like they have experience in, in, in doing this and, and all, you know, that's fine, except that there are people that disagree with them. And uh, in this situation, you're up against sort of a very large and powerful entity. And what progress have you made so far? Is it best to go to Lisa with this one? Sure, I'll, I'll do the highlights and then you cover the ordinance. So uh, one, we've hired obviously a legal counsel. We did that very early on. So throughout the process within the county, we've been providing rebuttals, uh, requests for postponement. Again, this happened all within say 20 days uh, for an ordinance that stood in place for 20 years. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's it's our premise that the county moved very quickly in order to enable the project versus uh, preserving our dark skies and the community. Now in our general plan for the county, it says very clearly preserving dark skies is a priority. Uh, so we've been using that in our legal arguments. Um, right after the second public hearing, which was April 5th, we finally received our grandma response, which included the consultant's recommendations. So we know that the county did not follow many of the consultant's recommendations. From there, we filed our own amendment for uh, the statutes involved for outdoor lighting and sign standards. And then on April or on May 19th, after the one month after the approval by the county, Council, we filed a petition in the, the district court, essentially stating that the county did not follow proper process and give reasonable debate around the issue. Anything you want to add? Well, I want to address the the passion or emotion question that you asked earlier. Mm. <clears throat> and, and along with that is it. This issue has really um, divided the community. Most people are for dark skies, but a lot of people are supporting the developer. So um, we have taken, you know, by creating our organization, we've helped people understand the value of reaching out to your elected officials, the Mm -hmm. county council, the planning commission. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like were being heard mm-hmm. uh, in this in the meeting to the county council where there was public comment. There were roughly ninety five commenters, and of those ninety five, over seventy <clears throat> percent, excuse me, were for dark skies. 
Mm. So, and we even took signs that we held up that said no uplighting and they were completely ignored. So it was, um, we're, we're, we feel like we're making headway because we know, we notice in the meetings, they're asking questions that we have asked of them, of the, of the county council and the planning commission. So we know that they're listening. We just, or I, it seems we need to have a bigger voice. Is that, is that the main concern is uplighting or are there other parts of the code that you don't like the looks of or that don't quite fit with the dark sky plan? The uplighting is uh, the most important issue. There are approximately six, seven areas that we took from the consultant, um, not just from the consultant, but he was definitely um, a resource for us in the documents we received through the grama request. And it's, I mean, it's color limit. It's lighting zones was a big one that he recommended that the county felt would be too difficult to implement. So uh, has, was not included. Uh, curfew times, mm -hmm. um, lumens recommended per improved acre. So it, it's really kind of all the, what seem to be hot buttons mm -hmm. when it comes to lighting. We also tried to follow the model lighting ordinance that has been put out. That was the mm -hmm. joint IDA IES uh, document. So we pulled from there as well. And, and the majority of the consultants recommendations followed pretty much that document as well. There's so many dark sky resources online, but few dark sky uh, experts or consultants that, that you can find to actually help and be an advocate. Well, I mean, that's we've the purpose. We've been able to get tons of information. Mm -hmm. It's just having people to come in and support us and and to to help explain to our elected officials the importance of taking a different path. You know, the um, when you when you that's why the Lighting and Darkness Foundation was formed. Um, to do this this kind of work and and that's what we intend to do and 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 we just recently started and then ran into you guys and 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 see that you need help and we're going to do everything we can those listening to this Thank i'd you. like to encourage you to go to the restoringdarkness.com website click campaign you're going to see one that says save wasatch count wasatch back dark skies and if you donate to that the lighting and darkness foundation is going to match each one of your donations dollar to dollar up to thirty five hundred dollars and a hundred percent of the money We'll be going to this particular cause and as a resource for for this particular county, and so that special campaign, Greg, we're hoping it's going to be available. To, you know, by the time this is done, we're working on it, and yes, it's going to be there. So you click donate, and there's going to say campaigns, and you click save Wasatch back dark skies, and you can and we're we're going to do a dollar match up to thirty five hundred dollars. So. There is support emerging uh, on the on the sidelines here. One of the priorities yeah. that one of the priorities that I see with all of this stuff is, is that it seems that this movement up until now, and we're going to change that, that this movement is always about compromise. It's always about balance. It's always about, well, we have to give them everything we, they want. Otherwise, people might get mad at us and then they can't do what they want and they, everybody has to be able to do what they want. We're not going back to 1859 is one of the lines I read. And I say, why not to that? 
I say, why not come back? And I think we should talk to this council and we should urge them to do the opposite of what they're doing. And that is to strengthen their lighting ordinance and to make it stronger and to preserve night in the areas where it exists and restore darkness to our light polluted environments because we need to teach these, we need to educate. I hate to speak in these terms, but it's actually true in this case. We need to educate people, Lisa and, and Sean, that light pollution is pollution. It is not a metaphor. Okay, we're not talking about a metaphor. And we have this beautiful, pristine area, and we do not want to be shooting lights up at the sky for any reason. Um, so, I, you know, I think we're prepared to, to help you guys with that. And, and I, you know, it, I, whenever we've talked to anybody else so far in this, it always seems like there's this air of compromise. There has to be a way that everybody can win. And I don't think that's true. I don't think there's a way that everybody can win, Lisa and Sean. What do you guys think? Well, it's, it's interesting because it's clear the community wants dark sky. And, mm -hmm. and we just received in our electric bill a pamphlet about Heber Valley becoming or being a dark sky area. The, the city that the surround, every, seems Utah in and of itself is very proud of its dark sky heritage. Mm -hmm. Even the governor, um, yeah. What yeah, was, so Governor Cox declared the the month of April Dark Sky Month, and this there you is go. Wait, way to go, uh, Governor number Cox. Of, number of years in a row, they also partnered with uh, the International Dark Sky Association, and they boast, you know, a lot of dark sky committed placing places, a lot of our parks. But just to give you an example, when we started this, we of course did an email campaign. We did an outreach to the surrounding communities within not only our county, but within our valley. Uh, we went to the state and local park uh, administrators and asked for support that would include places like Wasatch Mountain State Park and Jordanelle State Park. Jordanelle is a certified dark sky uh, park. Uh, we've published editorials. We've tried to drive as much media as we could. There's just not enough education around what it really means, however. So th you couple that with people in their busy lives and caring. They care, but do they care enough to be involved? Mm -hmm. Do they care enough to make a statement? Good news is we've had recently two communities not far from us, within an hour radius, reach out to ask us for help on how they begin this journey. So we're starting to have a little bit of an impact, but I would have thought personally, it would have been much easier uh, and people would have really jumped into it. But I think it depends on who your developer is that's pushing the issue as well. And we're really excited about this opportunity on July 13th, because mm -hmm. it is a chance for Wasatch County to go about doing the right thing, about uh, following the right path, about preserving our night sky. And, and so we're, we hope they're receptive to this so, chance. So let's cover July 13th. So earlier we said we filed our own amendments for outdoor lighting and sign standards. We did that on April 14th. And now on July 13th, we get the chance to present to the Planning Commission, the County Planning Commission, um, answer questions and engage. They don't have the final decision making, so they would have to put it up for recommendation to go to the County Council. And that would be July 19th that it would go there. What are we looking for? We want to know that one, 
the county is going to be committed to becoming dark sky, a dark sky community and potentially dark sky compliant. We want to know that perhaps they could initiate and we would be happy to help them uh, form Wasatch Back Dark Skies Alliance for the whole valley and then really take action on moving our code and our zoning and our ordinances forward. Doesn't necessarily have to be ours, but it needs to be corrected for our generation, for future generations, and for the well-being of the community. And the question has been asked, what they, the, their ordinance was just passed. Mm -hmm. So why would we want to come in and rehash this whole thing again? And why can't we allow them to have some time to figure out what works and what doesn't? And our fear is that development, more development will come in under this new ordinance. And yeah, it's a slippery slope. Right, yeah. where we're in a situation where yeah. it's too late. Well, see, the, the, the reason why is because it's not about the developer. You see, that's where I think that's where the issue goes awry a little bit. It's not you versus them. And you said yeah. earlier, Sean, the right thing. Absolutely, you have the moral high ground, one hundred percent. You know, and it's it, when we're in the in the mode of restoring darkness, which is where we're going into light polluted environments, and we are, um, and we're, and we're, you know, trying to chip away at light pollution. Yeah, we have to consider, you know, what was there before and how things are going to be after and, you know, what do the, the people think in that area and do we want, you know, to maintain this light level or that. Areas where night is currently preserved need to be protected. And when we're talking about this issue, folks, if you're listening to this, this is about night preservation or starry skies preservation. It's not about uh, the developer. It has nothing to do with those people. In fact, we're calling to them to come and join us on this wonderful journey. Um, and your the type of anger you guys feel, which I which I, I really like, is moral indignation, right? It's not any kind of um, uh, attack on another group of people. It's not about them. It's about preserving night and restoring darkness. And so I really applaud you guys for that that position. I think it's it is the moral high ground, Sean. You have it. And I think you need to declare it and scream it from the rooftops. And I'll be there with you on the thirteenth. I'm going down there, folks, with Greg. We're gonna go <laughs> down to a, <laughs> we're, we're gonna be there and we're gonna support. And that's what that's what we're here to do. So yes, I agree with you. It is the right thing. It's not a question about that. It's not now bringing those people over here to join us and reconsider this. And they should reconsider it. And they should strengthen their ordinance, Lisa for, and, and Sean. And it's for the entire county. It's mm -hmm. it, what you just said, basically. It's not, we're not talking about one developer. We're not talking about two developers. We're talking about the entire county for um, hopefully as long as we can maintain our dark skies. Mm -hmm. So it, it, we really feel like this is the step in the right direction. And we're, we hope to get support. And if you knew the area we were talking about in Heber Valley, it's a rural mm -hmm. agricultural area, a lot of cattle and horse farms still here, very natural. We have great views of the Wasatch Mountains, the Tippinogas. Um, we can still see uh, all the stars at night, the planets, um, and we just don't want to lose that. And you mentioned at the beginning, this could be a, a model for all other counties going through the same thing. So I think it's a, a good thing you guys are doing and we're doing and we're going to get after and, and make sure we can do the right thing as we all said. 
That's what it's about right now. And we can do it. Well, that. it's a testament that we've got, had other communities reach out to us. Yeah, this is a movement. So when when people, um, you know, they asked me what 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 you know what you know I was on I was in the car. Dreg was in the car with his family, and we had a call um, with about this for over an hour. And his his wife and his mother and father in law had to listen to it. And guess what? They listened to it. It was interesting, <laughs> like what we were talking about and what we we're trying to accomplish. And I love the fact that there's no enemy here. Everyone should be on the same page with this. And that's what I'm encouraging. Um, you know, uh, it's not about the develop. It's not an us versus them or developers or anything like that. It's about the slippery slope that's created when we incrementally change these ordinances and these laws to placate a certain group because they want something special because they're special. And guess what? Once that's changed, it's a slippery slope, and everything changes after that. And then next thing you know, mm -hmm. there's there's no stars in Wasatch County, and what a tragedy of the commons that is for everyone. Really, truly. Mm -hmm. And one more thing that I'd like to say, as a lover of animals and wildlife, it's really been disheartening that the wildlife case, mm. right, that the light pollution harms the wildlife is totally disregarded, has been a real surprise to me. We live amongst deer, elk, moose, coyotes, mountain lions, different hares and rabbits, all kinds of migrating birds, cranes, etc., and that's part of the beauty of our rural community. And there seems to be no concern for that, which has been really shocking to me. And it's one of the reasons we moved here was that beautiful interaction that you get, not only with the landscape here, but with the animals. Mm -hmm. You know, light pollution has a grotesque element to it, actually. Um, and that, that is not talked about enough. And you know, in the you know, if you if you're sailing down the Seine River in France, sure. I mean, the Eiffel Tower looks gorgeous at night. I will agree with anybody, you know, that it does look beautiful. And there are times where light pollution looks beautiful, but in an area like this, it's going to kill a lot of animals. And they have to even at the World Trade Center where they re, where they rebuilt that building, they have to turn the lights off because it's how many birds die is disgusting. This you know um, because of that light. And so yes, we don't think enough about you know all living things. That, uh, that we're surrounded by and that it's time to preserve these types of things. Now, I happen to be in the night preservation, darkness restoration realm, but I think there's a larger case that, you know, it's time to be stewards of the earth. Um, and I think that's biblical, I think. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure. I think it yeah. says it in Genesis somewhere. And, and I think eliminating and, and, and reducing light pollution is 100% part of that. And I think capitalizing on this the beautiful sky that's here in Heber Valley. Because when I came to Utah for the first time, I grew up in cities. And mm -hmm. so I didn't, I didn't have the opportunity to see stars really. And uh, so coming to Utah and seeing what the stars in the sky and the different constellations, it was amazing. And it's so eye-opening. For us, uh, we were in Houston when Hurricane Ike tore through and it wiped out electricity for millions of people. Well, all of a sudden you had a night sky in Houston, Texas, which was terrible under the circumstances, but amazing at the same time. And so when we came to Utah for the first time, it was just, I mean, we couldn't get here fast enough because it's so beautiful. There was a power outage 
in the uh, northeastern United States in southern Ontario in 2003. And I don't know if you guys remember that, but the electricity grid went entirely down for three days. And it was Mm -hmm. actually spectacular. There was one night where I don't know what the, you know, the different ratings of the clarity of the sky was, it was beautiful. And everyone appreciated that. Um, You know, now do we need electric light at night? Yes, we need some light in some areas. We do need that. And we're not against that. But we are against this. We are moving, I think, as a species, an intelligent species. You know, one of the signs of intelligence now, folks, is night preservation. It's time to realize that. that The smarter people will do this. And so we want to preserve night, especially right now, with Save Wasich Back Dark Skies. Go to RestoringDarkness.com. Click the Donate button, folks. And there'll be a special campaign up there just for this cause. And for every dollar that you donate to that, we're going to match it up to $3,500, so please go there and donate it. All the money will go to these two lovely ladies here. Lisa, Sean, I'm going to go to Lisa first and then to Sean. What are your final thoughts for the Restoring Darkness listeners? My final thoughts are this. You know, builders used to vie after leads or U.S. green building kind of compliance, uh, getting the little symbol. Why not dark skies? Why mm. not take advantage of positive media positive efforts, especially mm. in the world today where ESG, environmental, social, and governance is, is so rampant and important. Why not now for dark skies? Make it a positive. Sean. I couldn't have said it better. But I want to thank the, the two of you and your organization for supporting us and really injecting some enthusiasm at a moment where you know we were starting to feel like we're going to have to throw ourselves on the tracks in front of a train and you guys have really um we so appreciate the support um on our cause and and like we said it 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 will what happens here will impact elsewhere places elsewhere oh yeah we're just getting started folks and believe me i don't i never bring a knife to a gunfight so um go to restoringdarkness.com and and let's help out save wasich back dark skies um, Greg, any final thoughts on your end, or I'll see you in Utah in a couple of weeks there, buddy. <laughs> hey, we're looking forward to this. Like Mike said, we are just getting this started and a lot more to come. So be ready for it. And to all you out there around the world, stay with us here. We're, we're starting a movement or it's already started, but we're joining it and we're going to have boots on the ground. Talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you.